Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? It is high noon on a Wednesday afternoon. That can only mean one thing here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. It's time to go inside the electric factory on SNR. Wesley Euler with you here riding solo this week as Motsi is out on the uh, the COVID reserve list for this week. You know the drill. I'm rocking and rolling solo. We'll bring some friends We'll have some conversations. We'll play some audio. We will get to your tweets and all of our typical bells and whistles here on a Wednesday. If you want to get involved with the show, you got questions, comments, concerns, reactions, you know where to get at me. At Wesley Euler on the Twitter.com is where you can find me, where you can chime in with the show today. Rocking and rolling on a Wednesday, feeling good. Still a little afterglow of that win against the Broncos and looking ahead now, starting to look ahead, certainly towards the uh, big Sunday night showdown with the Seattle Seahawks at Heinz Field. One guy um, that I like to play some conversations here from when I'm riding solo on the show and we got some time is Charlie Batch. Uh, If you've been rocking and rolling with us throughout this season, um, on the Wednesdays that I am uh, riding solo here on the show, I like to play the conversation back from the DVE morning show of Charlie Batch. Um, Just... Great conversation between Chuck and uh, and Randy and Bill and the entire gang. Here's what Charlie Batch had to say on the DVE Morning Show yesterday, um, recapping uh, everything against the Broncos and, and starting to look ahead and project a little bit for the rest of the season as well. Take a listen. It's the DVE Morning Show, and joining us right now to talk Steeler football from the Pittsburgh Steeler Radio Network postgame, Charlie Batch. What's Charlie. up, Chuck? Not much. Good morning, fellas. See how much better it feels. One Sun is win. shining. It birds are chirping. Change the entire outlook uh, of Steeler Nation. Uh, all right, so let's get right into it. A, a much-needed victory against the Broncos this past Sunday, and it started with an offensive line that seemed to pull it all together. What was it, do you think, that clicked for these guys uh, was it mental? Was it physical? How did it all finally gel? Yeah, it, it felt like, I mean, just hearing, you know, the kind of the, uh, you know, the void, the sounds out of the locker room, they did, they felt like they weren't that far off. And when you watch the film from last week, I can agree with that because it was one guy here or there was maybe not on the same level, but now when you add that, Coming into home at home uh, with in front of Heinz Field, the communication should be an issue. Mm-hmm. These guys look like man; they had that confidence, and you could see them opening up holes to the manner that you've never seen uh, this entire season. So you could definitely see uh, those guys are feeling good coming out of the game. Nanji gets his first 100-yard rushing game as a Steeler, and it seems like even though the offensive line wasn't allowing him to show us what he was able to do in those early games. Boy, what we saw on Sunday seems like this might be a really special player in the NFL. 
Absolutely, he will be. And this is why they drafted him number one and in the first round for a reason. So I think when you look back on everything, even though the line was opening up holes, there were a few times that there were guys, quite frankly, sitting, you know, one on one and he was making guys miss. And we're doing that and always falling forward. Um, so it would have been interesting just to see if he didn't cramp up um, in that third quarter going into that fourth. It would be interesting to see how many yards he would have finished with because, mm-hmm. man, he was he was feeling it yesterday. One more question about the offensive line, Charlie. When are they going to activate Zach Banner? We've been expecting that for the last couple of weeks. They, they had 21 days. Now they're coming down the home stretch of when they can activate him. Do you think he gets a hat next week for the primetime game against the Seahawks? Yeah, I think they activated him. There's no doubt about that. Um, as it relates to, you know, the hat, yes, here's my only uh, issue is the fact that, yes, he was projected as a starter coming into this season. He hasn't played a meaningful game since week one of 2020. And the way this offensive line now over the last two weeks has been gelling together, it'd be interesting to see if Mike Tomlin inserts him into the starting lineup and replaces a young Dan Moore Jr. To me personally, I wouldn't do that up until this point because you give him one more game. And if you're going to insert Zach Banner, maybe use that bye week and they give him a full week heading into that Cleveland game if you insert him back into the lineup. I just don't see it this week, though. All right. What's your interpretation of what changed between Ben Roethlisberger and Matt Canada this week? Well, I don't think I don't necessarily think it changes or relates to anything that way. I just think the way that the Broncos played defensively, I think you saw the creativity of Matt Canada using those personnel groups to his advantage. And the caveat to that is they were able to get off, get that running game off. So you saw a lot more play action in this game than what you've seen in the past. And that was a direct result of that running game going. So kudos to Matt Canada this week for shifting, uh, you know, creating, being a little bit creative and creating those mismatches. And man, it was great to see this team put 27 points up because they only were averaging 16 coming into this game. I'm talking specifically though, Charlie, about Ben Roethlisberger seeing to have more control of the play calling through the use of RPOs throughout the game. Yeah, and I think that's something that, you know, last the last couple of weeks we were behind. There were situations that were happening third and short, fourth and short, uh, and those type of issues that Ben wasn't able to audibilize. And those are the things that I'm looking back and I'm like, wow, you know, what is really going on? And at this point, yesterday, they won first and second down. And that was critical in this game that we don't have to talk about whether or not Matt Canada is putting this team in the, in the right situation. Because if you can get any team in the third and short, that pretty much determines coverage. And you could probably identify what they're going to do def- defensively 90% of the time. So it was good in that manner. So you think it's more how the game unfolded that led to their success and not that they went to Dave and Buster's or they learned to TikTok <laughs> dance together or anything like that. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't think it's it. I think it's just the way that the game unfolded. And uh, anytime you're home and that communication is happening, you know, it was really good to see. So I think you're starting to see those two guys kind of get on, on the same accord at this point. Hopefully we don't get down any games and now you're trying to figure out we run a no huddle or um, you know, trying to press the press the tempo in two minute drill. So I think right now, I think you have a really good balance, and I think just if they can continue with this balance of run pass in the manner that they had in this game, I think we'll be fine. Big game for Chase Claypool, his first touchdown of the season. Deontay Johnson gets another touchdown, about 130 yards receiving for Claypool. Still, there was three drops, I think, for the Steelers on offense. Uh, Benny Snell had one. I know Claypool had one at one point. Uh, Cody White, Cody had, White had a huge one. Boy, that was a bad one. But, you know, they're going to need Cody White now with Juju's injury and James Washington with a question mark with yet another groin injury for the Steelers. 
Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, it is a year of the groin, and we've been talking yeah. about this over the last several weeks. But I think when you talk about Chase Claypool, man, this is a guy now we all see the upside. We saw the, the jump from year one to year two, and now he has to take on a bigger role. The loss of Juju right now, James Washington can step in, who I thought had a really good game against the Packers. So if once he gets back, uh, back from his injury, I think we'll be okay from that manner. I'm excited to see what Cody White can do because Ben Roethlisberger, quite frankly, has not thrown to this guy. He was on a practice squad, elevated right before the week, right before the game. And you can see on that throw, that deep crossing route, Ben's like, okay, I'm really unsure how he's going to run this route. And I'm going to try to put some air on it to try to, you know, lead him out in front. And unfortunately, they weren't able to connect in that manner, but they'll get better opportunities as the week goes on now that he'll be inserted and kept on a 53. But I tell you one person whose stats was not that they won't show up in his stats, but they had a really good game. Uh, Ray Ray McLeod, man, he really showed up in the running game. He was a big part of Najee Harris's success as well. Defensively, things were a little goofy yesterday. Now, T.J. Watt didn't have a sack, but he still was able to be a little bit disruptive. But the the defense they employed yesterday, so the, the sort of the amalgamated dime with all three outside linebackers finding a place on the field. How often do you think we're going to see stuff like that this year? I think we'll continue to see that because it worked against the Broncos. They were able to create havoc with Teddy Bridgewater there for a top for you know at least three quarters before they kind of went into two minute. We went into prevent defense. So I think just based off the way that things are, Isaiah Bugs, you saw Henry Mondo Mondo, congratulations to him on his first half yeah. of his career. That was big because he beat his guy one on one with a nice spin move there. So I think when you look back to see kind of the rotation of that defensive line, as Cam Hayward, you know, shifts into that third down into the nose guard position to create that one on one on the inside. You're going to see your pass rushers on the outside. So I just think this is kind of the, the, the chemistry that you're going to see. And a lot of it determines on whether or not Cam Sutton is on that outside. He missed yesterday's game, as yeah. everybody knows. But it's just one of those things that, you know, if he's able to get in now, you can now see the evolution of, you know, Arthur Millette, James Pierre. So, you know, if that can help on the back end, then you get your pass rushers going in a one-on-ones because we need to get back to getting after the quarterback because this year we're way behind as it relates to sacks. One person who definitely knew that Cam Sutton wasn't playing was Teddy Bridgewater. He picks on Pierre. Cortland Sullen, uh, Sutton gets behind him on that 39-yard touchdown reception, but a huge bounce back for James Pierre. What did you see from him in that game yesterday? Was it all liability until he turned it around, or was he able to do some good things along the way in the stead of Sutton? Yeah, he was doing some good things there. And I know, you know, we'll all talk about the, you know, the big catch over top and no corner wants to have that happen. Cornerback position is like playing a quarterback position. You have to have thin, thick skin and you can't, you know, indulge in, you know, the negative things that happen. It's like a quarterback throwing an interception. Everybody wants to see how he responds on the next drive or in his next throw. That's similar to the cornerback position. Okay. How did you, how was he able to respond? I thought he did so in a big way. Mike Tomlin praised him in a press conference. And those are one of the things from a maturity level i really think we saw that growth happen in this defense starting to believe that this guy can play even though it was a fourth down he could have got the pass breakup but he came up with the interception and those are the plays that people remember charlie batch part of the pittsburgh steeler radio network post game broadcast right here on dve sunday night steelers and the russell wilson less seattle seahawks kick off at 8 20 on your radio home of the black and gold dve charlie thanks as always bud no problem. Appreciate you having me, fellas. Thanks, Chuck. Charlie Batch, great stuff there with the former Stellar's signal caller. Uh, his weekly appearance on the DVE Morning Show. Make sure you're checking that out. Uh, just like everything now, right? DVE Morning Show podcast every single day. Uh, they get some great guests every week on the Morning Show. Charlie's there every week. Gene Steratore's there every week. Cam Hayward. 
uh, Dave Damashek. Uh, great stuff, as always. DVE Morning Show, wherever you get your podcasts, um, if you want to show them some love. Wesley Euler with you here. It is the Steelers Blitz on SNR. Riding solo today, all week, as Arthur Motes is out. Got a couple tweets uh, from Yin's guys already. We'll get to those as we roll along. At Wesley Euler on the Twitter.com is where you get involved with me, where you get involved with the show, if you want to join in on the conversation. What did we learn from Steelers-Broncos? You know, it's it's been a few days now. I think we're still kind of in the afterglow. But it's been a few days. We've had some time to to calm down and to reflect. And if you're a nerd like me, you've watched the game again by now. So what did we learn from the Steelers' victory against the Broncos Sunday at Heinz Field? Let's let Steelers Live discuss first. Najee, 94 yards on 18 carries as he closes in on his first 100-yard game, second and five. Najee gets the call. Through a hole, he's on his way. 25, first down, 30, up over the 35, and that cracks the century mark for Najee Harris, the rookie out of Alabama. Hi, everybody. Missy Matthews. Welcome to the Extra Point presented by Microsoft Surface. Happy Victory Monday, everybody. The Steelers beating the Broncos, snapping their three-game losing streak 27-19 to at Heinz Field on Sunday. Let's break it all down and talk about it. Joining me today on our show, Bob Lariola of Steelers.com and Steelers Digest. Former Steelers quarterback Charlie Batch, you can hear him on the DV postgame show as well. And we have Matt Williamson of Steelers Nation Radio. All right, Labs, as I said, it is a happy day in Steelers Nation. And here where I am at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. So fill in the blank for me. The Steelers win over the Broncos was? Necessary. I mean, usually when you're talking about team sports, you know, and the significance of wins or losses, you're usually referring to, you know, playoff positioning, clinching playoffs, being eliminated from the playoffs. But this is not that kind of situation. We're not that far along into this regular season. But, you know, players and coaches, even at the NFL, are people. And I believe that, you know, it, it's a hard job for them. It's a seven-day-a-week job for them. They're working hard. And so I just think that every now and then, you know, you need a little positive reinforcement that, the, the work that you're doing is paying off, that you're that the work that you're doing is is the right kind of work. And so, you know, it just feels good when you, uh, your preparation, your uh, the work that you uh, do leading up to what for them is a three hour window to find out whether, you know, they measure up or not. Again, you come out on the other end of that successful. And I just think it helps, uh, especially this team, a lot of younger players. Uh, <laughs> Najee Harris has never lost uh, three games in a season in his life, I wouldn't imagine. And so you, you don't want that losing to become habit. You want the winning to become habit. And uh, so, yeah, I'm going to stick with necessary. All right. Facing the negative, uh, negative uh, negativity from everybody, absorbing it, as Coach Tomlin said in labs. He also told you this week, you know, there's one game a week. So you're observing that, absorbing that negativity for quite some time. And, you know, when I asked Steelers Nation to fill in the blank for this question as well, guys, I got over um, almost 100 responses. If it's a negative thing, usually people don't really care too much about what's going on. But 
Uh, as you can see, we just got a ton of responses kind of going along the lines of you and Heather, who a uh, fan of our show, we love Heather. She said that it sounded like Heinz Field was rocking and Charlie, I heard you on the postgame show. It most certainly was and it was good to hear. CJ Watt talked about it after the game that they were able to feed off of the crowd, keeping that intensity. So Charlie, you can fill in the blank for me now. The Steelers win over the Broncos was? Was a must. And I say that because this was the closest of the must win that you have. And I took it to the player's perspective, or at least from a player's perspective, because anytime you're chasing just to get to 500, man, that is tough. And these get this game here against the Broncos coming home. Yes, they were one and three, but you haven't had a chance to right the ship. You get the two and three. Now here you are preparing for the Seahawks. And then you have to buy immediately after. So if they can get the 500, they can feel good about themselves at the six-game mark. So that's why I looked at this as a must-win game. The Steelers were able to prevail, and they were able to do that. And you mentioned about the fans. They were unbelievable in Heinz Field. Just look at the first play of the defensive series. A delay a game to open the game? Are you kidding me right now? And anytime that you have the fans knowing that they made an impact on that, it only gets as hectic as the game goes out, man. So kudos to Steelers Nation for representing. All right, Matt. So we have necessary and must. How are you going to fill in the blank for this statement? I'm going with encouraging. I mean, this is a very young offense, a totally rebuilt offensive line with a lot of young guys involved, as well as Fryermuth and Harris and young receivers. It's starting to come together. I mean, the people in the Steeler front office and coaching staff know a thing or two. And this has kind of been their plan all along. And we didn't think it was going to be beautiful from, you know, from get-go. And it wasn't. But it's starting to gradually come together. And I thought this was a noticeable step forward, especially for the running game, especially for the offensive line. All right. Uh, before we're going to take a quick break, let's take a look at some more of the fan reaction to our statement. Steelers Nation happy to fill in the blank for the Steelers win over the Broncos. Coming up, we're going to talk about the Steelers offense, the run game, the O-line gelling. Here's a little bit from Ben Roethlisberger. We'll be right back. Today it felt really comfortable. I felt like I could sit back there and slide and go to second and third reads at times. So, um, like I said, I'm just I'm proud of the way the guys played and fought today. Um, we challenged the line this week to be better in the pass game, be better in the run game. And, and honestly, I thought they answered the, the challenge, in my opinion. Welcome back to the Extra Point presented by Microsoft Surface. Let's talk about that Steelers offense in labs. Najee Harris going over 100 yards rushing. Has not happened since October 18th of 2020 for the Steelers. What did that mean for the Steelers offense getting a 100-yard rusher yesterday? Well, I think it's important. You know, we were talking about confidence, you know, building confidence, uh, showing positive results for your work throughout the week. And so, you know, this offensive line is young. Najee Harris is a young player. And, you know, you want to experience some success. And, you know, what we have been hearing the previous few weeks is, um, you know, the running game is coming along, we're close, you know, things like that. But they're, they're always spoken in the context of a recent defeat. And so uh, I just thought it was important psychologically, maybe more than anything else, for them to have, have success uh, see the results of their labors uh, turn out to be successful, and then being able to talk about it or discuss it in the contents of a win. 
Charlie, we heard, we heard Ben Roethlisberger say he felt comfortable yesterday. He felt like he had time. Is this what Matt Canada's offense is supposed to look like? Absolutely. And when you have a great balance the way that Matt Canada did between running and passing, that's the chemistry that you need. And it kept that Broncos defense off balance the entire game. So I love where they are from that perspective. And when you look at the challenges and everybody around the country were writing off this offensive line. So you have to give credit to offensive line coach Adrian Clem staying the course and understanding, okay, yeah, we could tear them down, these young guys, but we have to build them up in a manner of building up their confidence. They did that throughout the entire game. They were able to open up those holes. Najee wasn't getting touched on some of those runs so he's five or six yards down the field. So in addition to that offensive line, you have to credit that receiving court because they were able to make those blocks and that those blocks by those receivers as well that was able to spring Najee on those 10 and 15-yard runs. Charlie, you know Ben so well. Uh, he was animated, you know, very vocal when he was announced coming out of the tunnel. Deontay's touchdown, he ran down to the end zone to, uh, you know, say congratulations. Did you see a little extra from number seven yesterday in terms of really rallying this team and helping them get through this game? Absolutely. And anytime, you know, you hear players say we block out the noise. Listen, we're all human. We hear some of those talks that are happening at that point. And Ben felt that. And he didn't necessarily have to hear it, but he knew that from his personal play. He wanted to go out here and as the leader of this team, set the tone, set the energy. And on that first drive, throwing that touchdown pass to Deontay Johnson, man, that was beautiful. And you saw the emotions that were happening off of that and the entire team fed off of it. So it was good to see that happening. And I love the fact that when Ben says, listen, I feel comfortable in that pocket, that lets me know those guys weren't getting weren't getting to him in the manner that they were in the previous four weeks. I think it was only two quarterback hits, if I'm not mistaken. So they, the offensive line kept them clean pretty much the entire game. Matt, you know, Missy, go ahead, Labs. You know, Missy, the thing about what Charlie was just talking about, too, to me was, you know, in, in the first uh, quarter against Green Bay, the Steelers offense, you know, got off the schneid in terms of scoring a touchdown, offensive touchdown in the first quarter. They got off the schneid of scoring a touchdown on their opening possession of a game. That was once. Now you do it again at Heinz Field. Now it's two in a row. Now it's a trend. Uh, and I think you can really build on, on the confidence level of some individuals as well as the unit as a whole when you start doing things over and over again and so to me the way the game started against the broncos and the in the sense that it started the same way that it had against the packers i just think that that's really something that this group can build on matt specifically talking about the offensive line you know Najee harris praised them for their performance after the game yesterday what did you see from that unit and are they taking the next step forward one thing i saw you know just watching the tv copy and watching it a second time very few mental errors. I mean, early in the season, sometimes you'd see double teams and they both go to the second level and let the first guy go or st stunts and twists and blitzes. And they're kind of looking at each other like, I thought you had them, you know. So I think they're all getting more comfortable with one another. And the continuity in an offensive line, as everyone knows, is extremely important. I also thought they were just flat out physical. I mean, they came off the ball lower. Uh, better pad level than we saw earlier in the season and they're coming off the ball pretty straight ahead type of runs and that suits this group really well. And when you look at even to that point, I think when you look back just off of Chooks Okafor, I thought he was a, he was as solid as can be. And he did get called for a couple of false star penalties, which people were calling that. And I'm like, wait a minute, 
on the flip side, their right tackle or left tackle always is a false start when TJ Watt is on that side. So I think that's an even wash from that perspective because you had two of the top pass rushers on the field at Heinz Field. And man, it's a tough challenge for that offensive line. But I really thought Chuse Okafor held his own and, and he, deserved, he deserves his flowers today. So let me ask you this, Charlie. What works so well to basically eliminate Von Miller from being what Von Miller has been through the first four games heading into this matchup yesterday? Well, at first, I don't think they played as talented a team as Steelers are. I know records indicate otherwise, but I think the talent level just wasn't there. But also, you have to have a body presence because of who Von Miller was, but you can't do that the entire game. And at some point, you have to line him up one-on-one. So he was able to do that, but any, the caveat to that is, Ben Roethlisberger was able to use his snap count to keep Von Miller off balance. And you can do that at Heinz Field when you're playing at home when you know communication is not an issue. Guys, guys. I want to mention one other player, and that's Zach Gentry. I mean, Zach Gentry was really important in this game. I mean, he's demanding more snaps. He might not be the most dynamic receiver, but he's definitely the best blocking tight end. Now Juju's going to miss some time, and uh, those three tight ends are all going to see a lot of action, and that's been a big part of it. I mean, Charlie mentioned before, the receivers are blocking in the run game. Well, Gentry really needs to get mentioned. He's, he's been very useful. No, when great you look point, at that, Matt. Missy, Missy, and we're to that point, this is where you see it. Anytime the coordinator calls your number in the manner that they call the tight end screen, that lets you know <laughs> you're working your way up the depth chart. Well, in all three tight ends yesterday, Gentry, Fryermuth, and Ebron had first down catches. So, you know, things were really clicking. And as, you know, Labs and Charlie have already alluded to, the confidence in keeping things going, hopefully that carries into Sunday night against the Seattle Seahawks. But we are going to take one Great stuff there. Missy Matthews, Bob Labriola, Charlie Batch, Matt Williamson, Steelers Live, uh, talking about what we learned from Steelers versus Broncos and, and the offense that now is is suddenly feels like it's finding a little bit of rhythm. Got us all feeling good. Are they are they cool runnings on offense, right? Feel the rhythm. Feel the ride. Get on up. It's touchdown time. Wesley Euler with you here on the Steelers Blitz. A whole bunch more planned for you as we roll along here today. It is a Wednesday. You know, that means a few things here on the show. Uh, We'll hear from Ben Roethlisberger. He spoke to the media just moments ago, earlier this morning. Uh, I'll also give you my NFL Power Rankings, which is now, what, week six edition. My goodness, time flies when you're having fun. And we will get to your tweets at Wesley Euler on the Twitter.com. That is where you get involved with the show. I got a bunch of you tweeting me already. We'll get to that as we roll along. We'll hear from the quarterback. We'll go around the league. All bunch of stuff planned here on a Wednesday afternoon. So don't you dare go anywhere. You're listening to the Steelers Blitz on SNR.